You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. So I'm recording this in the middle of a pandemic. And yet long before COVID, there was another ongoing epidemic that was also costing lives and damaging health. And that epidemic is loneliness. Now, whenever people talk about loneliness, the advice that they give is always focused around the need to develop friendships. And that's good advice, of course, but it doesn't happen overnight. And even if it did, lockdowns mean that you can't be with the people that you do have. So what about right now? What can you do in the meantime to look after yourself? In this episode, I'll be giving you some ideas on how to handle loneliness during a pandemic and at any other time when people don't seem accessible for you. I'll be covering three things. Firstly, why it's important. Secondly, why it makes sense that it feels awful. And thirdly, how to help your nervous system deal with it. So why is it important? Even at the best of times, large portions of the population are struggling with loneliness and it transcends all age groups. It can be hard for us to admit to as well. It's as if there's some kind of stigma to admitting that we feel lonely. It can feel like a personal failure that we're lonely and so we hide it and we suffer. But loneliness is important. It impacts our physical well-being at least as much as our mental well-being. You know, some studies equate the physical impact of loneliness with smoking 15 cigarettes a day. On average, when we're lonely, we don't live as long, we get more illnesses. To put it bluntly, loneliness is a public health issue, or at least it should be. In the midst of a pandemic-related lockdown, the situation is a particular problem. Those of us who live alone are forbidden from accessing our usual social support systems. The socially hungry have been forced into starvation. There are no events to go to. Being with others in the usual way isn't allowed or at least made harder. And our friends and families are separated from us. Human well-being is dependent on each other. Now, some need social interaction more than others, but we all need each other to some degree. So when we're denied the contact of other humans, it impacts the body. Now, if you've ever been lonely, you'll know the way that that feels, although it's a little different for everyone. So perhaps there's a low-level unsettled hum or a feeling of being slightly on edge or a sense that the body is wired and mildly on alert. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you shut down and numb in the face of extended loneliness. Either way, it's as if your body is responding to a sense of unsafety. And it makes sense that your body responds physically in these ways 
as I'll talk about in the next section. Why it makes sense that it feels awful. Humans evolved as pack animals. During our development as a species, we lived together in groups. Our ancestors were prey animals. And many prey animals live in packs for protection. Another feature of prey animals is that we become very alert to signs of threat. So think of how skittish a deer is, for instance. The slightest noise and they're on alert. Now there's a good reason for this. Those of our ancestors that didn't have this alertness ended up as something else's dinner. So there was an evolutionary advantage to those humans who got spooked more easily. And so as a species, we are very alert to signs of unsafety and signs of threat. So given that we're pack animals for our own protection, and given that we're responsive to a lack of safety, guess what happens when you're lonely? The body registers that you're away from the pack and your nervous system kicks in. Now think of any wildlife program that you've ever seen where there's lions about or some other predator and all the prey animals are there huddled together in the pack but then one of them strays away from the pack. That's a bad move because as you're watching it you can guess which one the lions are most likely to eat. And so no wonder then that the body feels such stress when we're lonely. We've been evolutionarily trained to understand at a really deep nervous system level that to be away from the pack is dangerous. And so your nervous system responds just as nervous systems are meant to. It spots a threat and seeks to mobilise you back into that place of safety. Now in this case, the safety is the safety of the pack. So those bodily responses that I mentioned earlier are the body's natural response to a feeling of unsafety. If you felt lonely for any period of time, you'll you'll know what these unsettling feelings are like. From an evolutionary point of view, it makes sense that the body gives you feelings of discomfort because if it didn't feel uncomfortable, you wouldn't go scurrying back to the safety of the pack. You'd be out on your own, tempting all the lions and the tigers. So the unpleasant feelings of loneliness make sense. Notice how, for instance, the moment that you're with somebody who you feel safe with, those bodily sensations vanish again. And that's because the most effective way to regulate these anxious feelings that we have is to be with others, assuming they're people that you like being with, of course. There's a myth that we should all be these independent, self-regulating people, but the truth is that we're actually designed to co-regulate. In other words, we're soothed most by the presence of others. Just think of how an infant reaches out to a caregiver when in distress. And of course, these others can be animals too. 
It's little wonder that dog ownership has rocketed during the pandemic. Humans have responded to our instinctive need for co-regulation by getting ourselves a fairy little friend. But what, you, what can you do to soothe your nervous systems when others are not so available? That's what we're going to be looking at in the next section. So let's look at how to help your nervous system actually deal with this. As we've seen, your nervous system isn't too happy with you being lonely. The nervous system is like an alarm for threat. And loneliness triggers that threat response. So the nervous system needs to be invited back to safety. Otherwise, you're going to continue feeling jangly and in that state of discomfort. Now, the nervous system responds to information that comes from two places. The first is your own body and the second is the outside world. So when your own body is hyped up, that's taken as a sign to the nervous system that there must still be danger present. And by the same token, when your body has calmed again, it's a sign that the danger must have passed. And so getting to a calm place results in the nervous system switching off your fight and flight mechanism in that moment. From the outside world, our senses are what bring that information. <clears throat> so things like smell and sight and hearing and taste and touch. So when you need to invite your nervous system back to safety, you can actually use these senses like a checklist of invites. So let's do that now. Smell. Now the olfactory nerve is the one that delivers your sense of smell. It's one of the fastest nerves, so the information that you get from smell reaches the brain really, really quickly. Finding smells that soothe you is an important resource. So what are the smells that make you feel safer? What smells relax you or feel comforting? What smells take you back to a moment where you felt safe and protected. If you can identify a smell that invites you back to safety, then you can simply smell that thing in order to get a really speedy effect. Next, we'll look at sight. So what do you look at that tends to calm you? So maybe you look at photos of cute animals, now, I love to watch the BBC show called Pooch Perfect. It's a show about dog groomers. And I smile the whole way through and find it really calming and funny to watch these dogs getting their hair cut. Nature scenes calm many people. So if you're able to look out of your window and see a scene of green, that'd be a good thing to do when feeling anxious and lonely. And if you can't look out of your window and see that, then maybe looking at some photographs of nature scenes or a video of the sea rolling in and hitting the shore. Remember that anything at all that has a calming effect on you itself will invite the nervous system back into a sense of safety. 
Next, hearing. So what is it that you can listen to that makes you feel safer? Now, there's a particular kind of voice tone that is known to invite safety. You hear this tone of voice when parents coo at their newborn baby or a dog owner coos at their dog. It's often referred to as motherese. It's kind of like, hello there, hello, what are you doing? That kind of vocal tone. And studies show that it soothes the nervous system. Now, remember that when you talk in motherese, your own nervous system is hearing it too. So it may well be that one of the advantages of dog ownership is that you actually get to hear yourself speaking in that tone of voice to your dog. And so if you're feeling jangly, maybe you could actually talk to an imaginary dog in classic mother ease. Maybe you could bend down and talk to it in that higher pitched tuneful way the dog owners use. Hello there. Hello, boy. And I know that seems really odd, but your nervous system will really thank you for it. If that doesn't take your fancy, how about music? So if you created a playlist for music that would soothe you, what would be on it? Now, scientists have researched the soothing impact of music on the nervous system. And the most soothing song in their study was the song Only Time by Enya. And it even worked on people who said that they were actually not a fan of Enya. And yet their nervous system still liked it. I find the original soundtrack of Mary Poppins is very soothing. I suppose she is a nanny after all. And ambient music has also been shown to soothe the nervous system. But what music soothes you? Taste. You can taste something that makes you feel safe and comforted. So, for instance, if I have a hot lemon and ginger tea with a dash of honey, somehow that feels really comforting to me. Others might go for soup or broth with a big hunk of bread. Perhaps there was food that you used to enjoy when you were younger that would make you feel all pampered and safe. Again, everyone's going to be different here because foods, drinks, tastes... They'll all have different associations depending on your own life experiences. But given that, what might work for you? And finally, out of the senses, there's touch. Now, obviously, when you're on your own, it's difficult to get touch. But if you do have a pet, your animal could be a good source of touch. So stroking your dog, stroking your cat, stroking your rabbit, whatever you've got is very calming. And you can even use your own touch to feel more safe and calm. So, for instance, the trauma therapist, Peter Levine, teaches a self-hug that's specifically designed to make you feel safer. And all you do is you take your right hand and you place it underneath your left armpit. And then you've got your left hand and you place that on your upper right arm, just beneath the shoulder, like on the upper arm, and give yourself a good squeeze. And maybe even some firm and reassuring pat-downs as well. And, you know, even hugging yourself and then firmly patting the boundaries of your body, you know, around your sides, for instance, 
can really feel good and boundaried and safe. Other people love to hug a hot water bottle or wrap up tight in a thick dressing gown and some like to use a weighted blanket. But what kind of touch would work best for you? Now there are two other things that you can do with the body as well that can really help in this situation. The first one is exercise. So when the nervous system is on alert, as it often is when we feel lonely, it will respond by giving you excess energy, more energy than you need. And so it's pumping cortisol and adrenaline, these chemicals into the body. It increases your heart rate. And it does all this because it's making a prediction that you need to run to get away from danger. And so when you feel agitated in your body, Responding with exercise helps to burn off that extra energy. And it doesn't need to be a sprint, a walk will do the job. Or, you know, you can have some fun with it, maybe an online dance class or just put some uplifting music on and dance about until you sense that you've burnt off the energy. But whatever it is, movement will help. The second thing that you can do with your body is the way that you breathe So I said earlier that when we calm the body, it responds by assuming the threat is gone. And so it switches off the nervous system responses that are causing the discomfort. So breathing exercises can help with this. Any breathing exercise that has you slow down your breathing will reduce your heart rate to a calmer place. And likewise, any breathing exercise that has you breathing out for longer than you breathe in will also reduce your heart rate. Now, if you want a really fun way to do that last one, then you can sing. Because when you sing, your out-breaths last longer than your in-breaths, don't they? And so your heart rate lowers. So let's have a recap and summarise all of that. So loneliness is a public health issue. Left unchecked, the nervous system responses that are triggered by loneliness can actually harm our health. Now, the typical way to turn off those nervous system responses is to be with other people. Assuming, of course, that they're people that you like to be with. You re-enter the safety of the pack. The nervous system has done its job. And so all of that fight or flight switches off. But without people, you can use your own senses to invite yourself back into a feeling of safety. And so at least switch off those distressing feelings. So you can ask, what can I smell? What can I see? What can I hear? What can I taste? What can I touch that will soothe me? You may not have an answer for every one of the five senses, and that's okay. Whatever you find is good enough, because each strategy can become part of a resource pack to turn to whenever your nervous system is triggered in that way through loneliness. And you can move your body in response to your nervous system mobilising you. When stressed, moving is actually what your body wants and expects you to do, so give it what it needs by doing some form of exercise, even if it's just going for a walk. And likewise, you can lower your heart rate by breathing slowly 
or by making your out-breaths last longer than your in-breaths. And singing is a really fun way to do that. But whatever you do, be gentle with yourself. If things feel really tough at the moment, well, it's normal to feel that way. We're in a pandemic and we're in lockdown. Of course it's tough. And so your nervous system responds how it was designed to. So you can use these approaches to be a good friend to yourself whenever that happens. And when you do get to connect with others without meeting them in person, I don't know, maybe try to have some calls rather than just relying on text. And that way you're interacting with a human rather than a screen and your nervous system will just like it a lot more. Once you know what works for you, though, well, keep using it whenever you need to. That's yours and it's a strategy that you know can soothe you. And soothing your nervous system is really what you need in this situation. If you found this episode useful, please do share it so other people can get the benefits as well. If you'd like to work with me directly, I'm Alan Parry and you can find more about me at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And of course, you don't have to be local to me because I work online, so you can be based absolutely anywhere. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast as well because it's absolutely free and it means that you'll never miss an episode again. So thanks for listening and I'll see you again on the next one.